Hello, we are back for the second edition of the Sports Gazette Six Nations Rugby Podcast. Uh, we're looking back on the first weekend of the Six Nations, uh, which was really, really exciting, uh, unless your name is Michael Jordan, <laughs> who joins me once again to reflect on last weekend's action and we'll look ahead to who Ireland will be losing to this weekend, Michael. Well, I mean, yeah, we're not used to defeating... Suddenly, uh, I, I say with all their first ever Grand Slam or back back Grand Slam <laughs> in our history, and uh, I've I've been made to eat my words. Really, um, I had a few texts texts from yourself as well over the weekend, so it's well, um, it's taken me a bit of time to get over, but I'm getting there. I think I'm getting there. Well, well, I must admit, for from an English perspective, that's as that's as good as England have played under Eddie Jones, and probably as good as England have played since they beat the All Blacks in 2012. It was it was a phenomenal and very unexpected England performance. Uh, in Dublin, and I don't know what your take on it, on on sort of what went wrong for Ireland, but I, th- I think almost everything that could have gone wrong did. Well, yeah, I mean, it couldn't have got off to a worse start. Um, I think it was ninety seconds. England went over the try line and first try in Dublin in eight years, which yeah, oh, I missed that stat last week. That's uh, unbelievable stat, really. And I mean, you know, I went into the game with a stat like that, it kind of, it warrants me thinking that, um, I went into the game thinking England couldn't possibly score more than one try in this game, and within about 90 seconds I thought, well, there's a lot of this match left to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but even, yeah, but even with that, I, um, on the flip side of that, there's a lot of this match left to go, so I figured, I mean, if there's any time, if there's a good time to concede a try, it pro- probably is within the first 90 seconds, and the fact that you have the rest of the game to make up for it, but um, from the Irish uh, standpoint, we just we didn't really get into the game. I can think at all, really. I mean, we took the lead uh, momentarily, um, but then the the second England try came pretty soon after that, and that was a real kick in the teeth. Um, any momentum that we were slowly building was kind of was it disappeared straight after that. And I mean, you you can point you can point at different reasons why. It, it didn't go to plan. I think the high ball didn't work uh, anywhere near as well as it used to. I can't really think of a, a certain occasion when it, it did really come off um, at the weekend. And, well, that's down to the absence of Rob Carney, but it's also down to how well England defended it. And um, they were aware of that before they came into the game. And um, oh, for credit to them, I mean, they defended it admirably. So Rob Carney was a big miss um, he's back now as we'll move on to later on in, for this game against Scotland which will be great but I also I, I mean I don't want to um, I, I don't want to dismiss Robbie Henshaw he, he's a fantastic player and it was a very difficult game for him to come into to play at fullback whenever he's only played it once before and that was his international debut mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well the thing is for, for, from an Irish perspective if you're going to have if you're going to have a bad day I suppose it's better to maybe they've got their bad game of 2019 out of the way now well, that's um, it. We lost once in 2018, so if that's our one defeat in 2019, I, I'll take that. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but it's in terms of their championship prospects, it's, it's a real kick in the teeth because you, you, you can't really afford to lose your home games. Although, um, the last time a team lost at home and, and won the tournament, well, they did lose their first game, which was, which was Wales when they beat England at the end. So, it's all not lost for Ireland, but no. um, I, think, I think they were caught by England's intensity. Mm-hmm. Uh, their line speed in defence was on a level... Frankly, I've not seen from an England team before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we look so much better with the Vunipola brothers back on the field, as I think we probably expected. But it was people like Mark Wilson who stood up. I think he made 27 tackles. Uh, Tom Curry bar his yellow card, um, which was fair enough. He did take the guy out in the air. He was brilliant. 
Uh, ben Young's had his best game in years. So it, it, I think England, it, it all fell into place for England. I think they targeted this game. Um, they must have targeted it from probably the end, probably from when Ireland were lifting the trophy on the Twickenham turf in March, um, looking at this game. Um, but to score four tries is a real bonus um, and beyond anybody's wildest dreams. I think there was a feeling England could potentially win. Ireland might be vulnerable first time out. Uh, but to score four tries and uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden gra- there is Grand Slam talk in Twickenham, which none of us expected probably this time last week. So mm-hmm. um, a delight and, and to us, really pleased for Eddie Jones as well, because you asked me last week how important I thought this, this tournament was going to be for him. And um, he delivered a tactical masterclass mm-hmm. and uh, Joe Smith had no answer, which is very unusual. It is un- it's an unusual feeling as, as an Irish supporter. I mean... It's, it is only one defeat at the end of the day. Um, as, and as it is to England, though. It is, it is a defeat to England. Oh, I, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no uh, greater of a better, better pill to swallow as an Irish fan, to be honest. And it, if you had have seen my face in the pub on Saturday night, you would have seen that. I was, uh, I was crying into a Guinness with the rest of us. But uh, yeah. there, were a few, there were a few out in Twickenham as well. We were, yeah. Uh, but, loud um, and proud at the start, but uh, not by the end. But I, <laughs> I must say, though, it was a really good game of rugby. It was. I mean, England played phenomenally well. You, I, you can't take anything away from them. They were fantastic. So obviously one of the most contentious moments from the game at the weekend was England's third try. Uh, what was what was your take on it? Yeah, I mean, watching at the time watching it, I thought I was calling for offside. I was shouting for offside. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the angles that you see, it's it's extremely extremely tight. Um, so I, I, you can't put any blame towards the officials. I, whenever I saw it, I thought I thought it was going to be ruled out. To be honest with you, um, but and I, at the same time, it was given. So I'm not going to sit here and say that's this the reason why we lost the game, um, but I mean it was it was definitely a close call. I'm not sure from an England standpoint what, what you kind of thought about it, but if I'd gone against us, I'd have probably been quite annoyed. Mm. Um, the um, I I was I was thinking in the first half there were quite a few decisions didn't go England's way, uh, particularly at the breakdown. I thought Ireland were getting away with a lot, um, but that quite often happens when teams are at home. Um, I think also there's a there's one camera angle of the Kean Healy try where there's a suggestion that there's an English arm underneath it, but it's one angle. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I think I, I think the Slade try could have gone either way. Um, as you said, it, it didn't. Uh, while it didn't affect the result, it was a crucial moment. It was a crucial moment. Um, the fact that it, it pretty much killed the match. Exactly. But from that, there was no real coming back from Ireland. Exactly. Um, but th- there there could still have been. It was only eight points at that point. So. But it's one of those, uh, plenty of uh, contentious decisions throughout the weekend. Let's move on and uh, talk about the mad start to the championship, you have to say. France against Wales on Friday night. France blowing a 16-0 half-time lead, um, which at the time we we, we watched this game together, it was scarcely believable that they were going to lose this game because Wales had been so poor for 40 minutes. I have a stat for you, Rob. Go on then. Uh, that 16-0 turnaround was the biggest comeback in Six Nations history. Was it? Yeah, was it? Oh, um, wow. Defeated the, or surpassed the record previously held by France with the 15-0 turnaround against Ireland in 1989. So there's a bit of... France France blew 15-0. France overcame. France came back. Ireland, oh, right. Ireland blew, oh, well, if we're just talking about Ireland losing games, <laughs> I'll, I'll just keep, keep that theme going. Um, Ireland blew... Uh, 15-0 lead in Dublin. Well, if ever if ever there was an 80 minutes to sum up French rugby, that was it. Absolutely. Uh, the sheer brilliance of the first half compared to the sheer madness of the second half. And it was summed up by a quote from Sebastian Vahamina 
which I think I've got right, who didn't even know he was captain at one stage. Mm -hmm. And he was quoted after the match to say he only found out he was the captain when Wayne Barnes, the referee, came along and uh, told him, uh, explained a decision to him. And, uh, and he, was, he was like, well, I'm not the captain. And Wayne <laughs> Barnes said, well, yes, you are. And that sort of sums up. And he, he was the one who threw the wild mispass that George North picked off. And Wales would be absolutely delighted because they didn't play well. And no. they've, they've got themselves a, a very valuable away win with, with a, with a tasty-looking trip to Italy coming up this weekend yeah if there's ever a time to use your get out of free jail card I think Wales, well, Wales have used it um, absolutely yeah as you say it was a tale of two halves in the game we've seen the good the bad and the ugly of, of the French side which we, we spoke about last week of how you, they're so unpredictable and I mean from as the minutes passed by you weren't really sure what you're going to see I mean they've missed a lot of kicks didn't they as well yeah, I think, um, well I think they lost about fifth or were they squandered about f- 10 points yeah, from yeah. kicking positions yeah uh, and then when you Alongside that, if you give Rap two tries for the opposition, we're talking about with the conversions at twenty-four point swing. Yeah, you, can, you can't really expect to, to win games at this level. Yeah, and um, by doing that, um, I mean Louis Picamol probably impressed for France. Good, yeah, good try early early on. Yeah, um, but he, he's very important to them. I mean, if if they, if they are going to win games in this championship, and mm-hmm. they showed certainly for forty minutes that they might, mm-hmm. um, but obviously that's that's a hammer blow. That's a hammer blow, and. <laughs> Uh, the last place you probably want to turn up, mind you, if they're playing Ireland away this week, that's probably the last place you want to be going to is Dublin on the back of their performance. But to come to Twickenham is going to be very difficult, I think, for France. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, another French rugby cliche is they don't travel well, but that's that's been proven in the Six Nations in the last few years. So, mm-hmm. look, it was a such a poor sort of game management, I think. And it's sort of the basics at international level that you can just you know, close out games of rugby and... France just did everything. If he was showing kids how not to defend a lead in the second half, I think you'd probably show them a DVD of those 40 minutes. And mm-hmm. Wales, to their credit, they, they were in the right place to score the tries, but um, I didn't think they were that impressive, to be honest. No, I mean, if Wales are going to do anything serious in this competition, they have to improve. Okay. Um, they're away again to, to Italy this, this week. They've had a training camp in Nice. Um, but it, all right for some. All right for some is right. Um, but... If whenever yes, you said if they come against an England team, an Ireland team who have a point to prove now, they need to perform a whole a whole lot better than that if they're going to mount a serious a serious challenge in this competition. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the third game of the weekend last weekend, Scotland against Italy, uh, which Scotland won thirty three twenty. But I think we really must start with the Italian fight back. Three tries in the last twenty minutes. Conor O'Shea. Delighted with that because so many times in games past they've they've fallen away after the hour and games that were close have ended up in blowouts and in this case a game that was getting away from them has actually ended up a fair reflection I thought yeah I mean at thirty three three you kind of fear for the worst as and mm. it, could, it could just only get worse but they put a respectable score or a respectable slant on the scoreline and there was one point where they, they could have possibly been going for for two points well they, they were going for two points with mm. the, the the losing bonus point and and the try scoring bonus point so. I mean, yeah, there's definite reason to be optimistic uh, as an Italian. That was a positive display. But likewise, there's definite reason to be optimistic if you're in the Scottish camp, which ultimately we look at Kinghorn and Stuart Hogg and Finn Russell. For me, three standout players within that game. I thought they were, they were fantastic. And a hat-trick of tries for, yeah. King, for Kinghorn in, in the first weekend of the Six Nations. That's not a, well, not it was a bad a good, return. It was a good weekend for people like me who had Blair Kinghorn in their fantasy teams. Um, he's propelled me to the top of the table after yeah. the first weekend in our little mid- middle league. So uh, 
delighted with that. And Scotland, Scotland are a side built on playing good attacking rugby under Gregor Townsend. And uh, with all respect, the home game against Italy is the perfect opportunity to showcase that. And uh, they did for an hour. But um, I do wonder if he'll be a little bit concerned by, by the way they finished the game. Their intensity went out of the game, which obviously you're not going to be able to do against um, some of the other teams in this competition. Um, but overall, Scotland will be pleased. I mean, home games against Italy for a lot of the nations are a bit no-win situation because you win well and everybody sort of plays the it's only Italy card. And then, and then if stuff like what happened to Scotland at the end of Saturday's game, you're thinking, well, maybe there's some concern there. But uh, I think when you've got Finn Russell at fly half, you're, you're always going to score points. And I thought you controlled the game really well. Absolutely. I mean, a couple of other players, Stuart Hogg as well, but we mentioned last week he looked electric. Yeah. Um, fantastic try. Um, so it all leads to... What should be a very, very big game at Murrayfield this weekend? Well, this is the game of the weekend. Um, first, first out the traps on uh, on Saturday afternoon, Scotland against Ireland, um, and and we are faced with the very real prospect <laughs> that Ireland could well be naught from two by four four thirty on Saturday evening. Uh-huh. This is. is not an easy game. <laughs> this is not an easy by game. No they means. lost at Murrayfield two years ago uh, to Scotland, mm-hmm. and. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again. Really wouldn't. No, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of watching what I say after last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, we last week we did talk about how tough a place Murrayfield mm. is to go. And so it's all about it's all about response from Ireland now. Um, this, this is a massive game. The fact that Ireland in the past, or under Joe Schmidt, have not been used to defeat. And so many, many of the players in their team don't actually haven't gained that experience, to be honest, in, in kind of... Making making amends for 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 a defeat and, and then I look at the players who were involved against England um, and I think Jacob Stockdale uh, Aki have only lost this only that was only their second loss yeah. in a green jersey so it, it's vitally important that from an Ireland standpoint we, we bounce back and we look at the the starting lineup and Rob Carney's back back a fullback which um, it'll be a fantastic boost to the team. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Robbie Henshaw, interestingly, not involved at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not sure if there's an injury there or not. To be honest, uh, there could well be. Um, obviously, CJ Stander's not playing this week because uh, apparently he played for 40 minutes with a fractured eye socket last week, which mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty solid effort from him. But uh, it, it, the thing is, if Scotland can win this game, all of a sudden, I, I think they ent- they enter the championship picture. Absolutely, because they they play Wales at Murrayfield. The crowd would be bang up for this game and that game. Realistically, they could win in France, potentially still lose at Twickenham and maybe win the championship. It's It could well happen. that Four, four wins might well do it this year, um, which means all is not lost for Ireland, of <laughs> course, uh, if they can win at Murrayfield. This this should be a really exciting game, I think, as well, because uh, I think Ireland will need to score tries to win this game. They're not going to beat Scotland 12-9 or 9-6. They'll need to score two or three tries. And uh, I think that I think Bundy Aki is an interesting interesting player because I think he got played off the park by Manu Tuilagi uh, on uh, Saturday, and I think he'll be really looking for a response. And he's he's a great player, and if he gets front foot ball, I, th- I think we'll definitely see a much better Ireland this week. Yeah, I mean, well, the depth of Ireland squad is going to be tested, as you mentioned, CJ Stander, Guy Ringrose, and yeah. um, Devon Toner out as well. So, but I mean, this uh, from an Ireland standpoint, this is what we've been. Been talking about in the build-up to this competition and the World Cup to come. We've been speaking about how there's the depth in the squad now, and so now it's time to show it. Um, I mean, so this will be, as you say, it'll be a brilliant game. And for Scotland, I mean, I look ahead to this game for them, and also then 
probably equally away to France. Mm-hmm. Um, you say if they win this game, they're absolutely in, in the running for this championship. And then it, that the away form comes into play. Yeah, can absolutely. They, can they go to France? Can, yeah. can they win? If I mean, if Scotland win their next two games, it, you, if you're winning three out of five as it is, you, you can't be ruled out of going on to win this championship. So yeah, it, it should be a really exciting game and it's vitally important for both teams. Perhaps we talked up the wrong match as the Grand Slam decider on the final weekend. It might uh, <laughs> it might come down to the Calcutta Cup. But uh, look, I, I, mean, I said it would not be a surprise at all if Scotland do it. And uh, they've got the players to cause Ireland problems. I don't think Ireland will face as an intense defence as they did last week, mm-hmm. which might help. Um, but Scotland will certainly score some points in that game. And um, the game two years ago, they were they were miles ahead at half-time. Ireland did nearly claw it back. Um but it's, a, it's a fascinating game. I mean, it is. It really is. Yeah, the momentum's fully with Scotland, but Irish players, Joe Schmidt and his Irish players, they'll be hurting after that result. Well, still, still, even though momentum's with Scotland, still on form, yeah. it's Ireland. And um, also, fascinating subplot as well, that Edinburgh and Munster are playing each other in the Champions Cup quarterfinals. So uh, a lot of guys will be going up, uh, going up against each other. I think one area Ireland might well dominate is the scrum. Because uh, Scotland's scrum gave away quite a few penalties at the weekend, and uh, if Ireland can get on the right side of the referee early on, you've got arguably the best, one of the best goal kickers in the world, who's going to knock over the three points pretty much wherever it is on the field at that time. Um, so look, I think it'd be really close, um, one score either way. Um, but I don't know. I'm edging towards Scotland. I really am. I can't. I can't blame you for that. I can't. <laughs> but um, I mean, I'll. I'll never say otherwise. I'll, of course, I'm edging towards will, Ireland. Of course, you will. But uh, well, I understand. I mean, we need a response. So, am I expecting that response? I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm, it's I'm, the I'm six, confident. It's the Six Nations. It's best though. The fact that we're we're here, second game in, and the pre-tournament favourites need a win. Yeah. And 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 that is that is the beauty of this tournament because if you look at the rugby championship, by the second week, New Zealand have already won the t- tournament basically. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, should be a great game. Hell of an atmosphere, I reckon, at Murrayfield on mm. Saturday as well. And they do it so well up there. They cut the anthem and the crowd sing the, the, the last bit of the anthem. Really is fantastic. So, uh, yeah, to be honest, I'd, I, to be honest, I'd rather have a ticket for that game than the England game yeah. this weekend, um, which says a lot. Um, and I love going to Twickenham. So, um, yeah, so you, you're going to go for Ireland? I'll, I'll always go for Ireland. But, um, yeah. Well, I'll be, I'll be different. I'm, I'm going to go for Scotland. Um, should be interesting and uh, and if Scotland win I'll, I'll have a five on Ireland to get the wooden spoon <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely not, I'll definitely not come on the podcast if yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> absolutely uh, right let's move on to the other game on Saturday Italy against Wales um, which you'd think is, is an away banker uh, but you never know in the Six Nations and Italy may take heart from their performance against Scotland I'm interested by the number of changes Warren Gatlin has made to his team Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 in total uh, including uh, debuts for uh, a couple of uh, players who play in their trade in the Premiership uh, Jonah Holmes from Leicester who started at Wasps and uh, Wasps very own Thomas Young uh, at Flanker who is for me and this is not just me being biased the best seven in the Premiership um, so he, he, he really deserves his chance um, he's unlucky the fact that Wales's back row depth is absolutely ridiculous and uh, so he's been very patient he's kept his head down he's played well at club level and he thoroughly deserves his chance this weekend and uh, I still think despite the fact he's made changes uh, I think Wales will be too strong and I think they'll probably score four tries there Well I was actually going to speak about the importance of a bonus point win here for Wales I think it could be very important because you've got England and Ireland coming to Cardiff 
He, he, Wales, obviously, I think Wales will fancy winning both those games. But you can't really see Wales scoring four tries against either England or Ireland. No, especially with it, England having went to Dublin. Yeah, and yeah. Got, and got and I think win. England only got a bonus point because the fourth try is an interception. Uh-huh. Um, so when one of those happens, you've just got to say the, you know, the, these things happen. So I think it's hugely important for them. Um, they'll, I, I don't know whether they'll go out targeting it. You sometimes see these games where five minutes in, teams are kicking to the corner. I doubt you'd see that, mm. but... If they've got three tries after 70 minutes, they're definitely going to go for it. Um, yeah, I mean, as you say, I fully expect Wales, Wales to get the victory with 10 changes or not. Um, I also think Warren Gatlin's using this game as a bit of a look ahead towards the World Cup. Yeah, given, so do I. Giving players um, a run out. And, I mean, a competition for places, that's, that's what you want. Going well, that is Cup. what you want. And as I mentioned, Wales in a couple of positions have got real strength in depth, but there's a there's couple more positions where they don't mm-hmm. so it's a really good opportunity for, for some of their players uh, to, to, to have a go Josh Navidi who played number 8 last week he's one who's been retained but with Faletau injured you do feel Faletau walks straight back into the team unless Navidi can do something special which he now has the chance to do uh, this week against Italy um, Italy at home uh, I suppose you can never rule them out they have beaten Wales at home before um, much worse Wales team than the one that we'll be visiting this time um, but I'd say if Italy can get a good start to the game you never know you never know although I I struggle <laughs> I struggle to look I'm always trying to find a, a corner to defend uh, Conor O'Shea but with Wales I think they're, they're a strong strong team well I think um, we, mentioned, we mentioned last week if Italy were going to win one game they've got to hope France are a shambles for the yeah. last game which is now looking a very real possibility I mean so, fr- from if we're saying that the favourite for this competition as it stands right now is one of either England or Wales, which it must be, who do you think it would be? Ooh. See, I'd love to lean towards England because I think if England win in Cardiff, England will win the Grand Slam because yeah. I think they'll win the three home games. Yeah. But Wales have got those two games in Cardiff yeah. where, the, where they are so tough to beat. And if, as I think I meant, we mentioned this last week, if they win this game, having won in Paris... A red hot atmosphere in Cardiff when England come to town will just be double. Well, I would say Wales' performance against France will probably be their worst performance of the tournament. It probably will be. I mean, I, I can't fully remember how well Ireland played against France last year, mm. but uh, obviously they nearly lost that game yeah. as well. Um, psychologically, that's massive, particularly for a team who has lost in Paris before. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to lean towards Wales uh, as favourites for the championship, but I think I might. I think I might, I as think well. I might have to um, at this point, um, but it really wouldn't. As I said, I think if England win in Cardiff, I think England will win the Grand Slam. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, there's no reason now why Wales can't, apart from the fact they've got Scotland away, mm-hmm. uh, which might ruin their chances of winning the Slam. Um, but the, Warren Gatlin said last week, didn't he? If they beat France, he fancied he them as title contenders. So well, well, I, I agree. I, I'd put them just ahead of England right now, solely based on the fixtures ahead. Yeah. Um, but I think it I think, is, I think it, it, would, it, would, it would probably be the other way around if that game was at Twickenham yeah. for sure um, but it, it's, it's hard and I'm sure the Welsh lads who are playing this weekend and the English guys will be thinking please don't get injured this mm. weekend because that game in a couple of weeks it's a special special occasion England in Cardiff anyway but the, this could well be this could, it could decide the Czech Championship especially if Ireland get beat this weekend and that game will decide. I've, I've seen tickets going online for thirteen hundred quid already, mm. and that's even before this weekend. So uh, 
it, it is the must-see game, it seems. Um, so uh, let's move on to England, uh, who return home to what will be a very expectant Twickenham now, um, having beaten Ireland. Unfortunately, uh, England are going to be without Maruitoji, uh, certainly for the next two games. And uh, Eddie Jones is saying he thinks he might play again this championship, but uh, that, that might be spin, I think. Mm. Uh, I think it's pretty unlikely. Um, we have got Courtney Laws. Well, the, this um, is the in- amongst others. Well, this is the interesting thing with the with the second row because I think Jones sees Courtney Laws as a, as an impact player from the bench. Mm. So I think it will be Joe Launchbury who yeah. comes in for Itoji and starts the match. Um, George Cruz will stay in because his lineout work against Ireland was very good. Um, but Itoji is a difficult player to to replace, and that dip of form England had last year coincided with the dip of form Mario Itoji had last year as well. And Saracen's bad run of form last season coincided with Mauro Itoji having a bad run of form. <laughs> he's, he's a hugely important player. Uh, but I think England will be too strong for France. Um, I'd like to think they could score four tries again. Um, possibly, yeah. Uh, uh, and that, that, again, that could be very important when we come down the final stretch. Um, uh, the, the, it's going to be different for England this week because no one expected them to win in Dublin. Well, very few people, I think, expect them to win in Dublin. But there's going to be 82,000 rocking up at Twickenham on Saturday, on Sunday, rather, fully expecting a comfortable win, to be honest. A hint of uh, World Cup talk as well in the last week, I think I've seen on social media. Uh, there's been a bit on social media. I mean, I'm not sure... Um, if we'd have beaten New Zealand in November, we'd have been absolutely unbearable by now. Mm-hmm. Um, if we'd have taken out both New Zealand and Ireland. Um, I mean, it's, it's inevitably going to happen. And the comparisons to 2003 are starting to be drawn by the fact that England won well in Dublin that year as well. Um, albeit that was in the last match. So, um, <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. I think, you know... We, well, we, it's we, too early for that, but I we, mean... We, we, might be, we might be now looking at uh, semi-finals rather than quarter-finals, but mm-hmm. uh, I think New Zealand and Ireland, come Japan, will still be the two to beat. But uh, uh, what are your thoughts on this weekend uh, well, at Twickenham? It's, uh, what, what I'm interested in seeing is well, this weekend Twickenham, but also across the entire competition, how consistent England can be. Yeah. I mean, the, they were phenomenal against against Ireland, and likewise they were sensational for the first half against against New Zealand. It, they've they've brought that. I think I might, I might have said it last week as well. They've brought that first half performance against New Zealand into a full game. Um, there wasn't a moment where they weren't on to, on top in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about France. They're they're expected to beat France. They're expected. To, in front of their own home crowd, absolutely, as you say, how will they perform? Well, this is this has often been the problem for England, not just under Eddie Jones, but under coaches past. Is um, this isn't a slight on people who go to England games, but people do turn up expecting to see England win, and I think that can, that has crept down onto the, onto the pitch before, particularly when we've played Italy, and we've had situations where we've gone in behind to Italy, and I think it happened in the autumn against Japan as well, albeit mm. a much changed team, but. Um, Remarkably, it seems Manu Tuilagi has come through a, a full game fit, so that's good news. Uh, so I assume England's team is not going to be too dissimilar, bar Itoji, uh, to the one that played on um, against Ireland. Um, Dan Cole is back in the squad, um, but I, Carl Sinclair I thought was excellent yeah. at the weekend. I mean, if you're picking a, a best 15 of the, the first week, you've probably got about seven or eight. He probably if would not, have done. If not more, he probably, you probably, there, you yeah. probably would do because uh, even though he went off, he only played now. He'd have to have Itoji in the second row. I mean, already mentioned Mark Wilson. Who, Mark Wilson is he now. You could have Courtney Laws who came on. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Court, Court, this is this is why I mentioned Joe Launchbury earlier. Courtney Laws 
can come on and absolutely nail Sexton as he did. Mm. Ended up winning a turnover that led to a penalty that went over that went over the post as well. So um, he he, uh, he he has funny habits, Courtney Laws. Though he always seems to play well against France, which might come into Eddie Jones's thinking. Mm. I think if Law starts, I could see him going Launchbury and Laws rather than Launchbury and Cruz. Um, but I do I, I do think he'll go with Joe Launchbury. Um, but the, the interesting one I want to bring up is Joe Cockenasiga, oh, who burst onto the scene yeah, in the autumn. Fantastic player. And uh, I think you've seen him play this season yeah. as well. Um, so he is fit, and I believe he's going to be in the 23, if you believe the, believe the reports going around. And the media was spot on with the England team before it got announced last week, so I'm inclined to go with them again. Um, the Cockenasiga is going to replace Chris Ashton on the bench which I like because I think he's, he's a real brute mm-hmm. and, uh, and he's a much better defender than Chris Ashton is as well. Um, having said that, we spoke last week about the back three of England. I, I don't think I've ever seen Johnny May play that well in a game of rugby. Mm. He, was, he could easily be man of the match. I could understand why they gave it to uh, Mako Vunipola, but Johnny May was unbelievable. Yeah, as I said, you could have you could have chose four or five man of the matches. Yeah, um, Slade, yeah, fantastic. Slade, yeah. Um, Owen Farrell was fantastic. I mean, Owen Farrell's always good though. Yeah. That's the thing <laughs> for for England to have. I mean, this actually pained me more than the defeat. It was for England to come to Ireland and they outplayed us, and they, and I felt, I felt they I, they outfought us to be honest. Yeah, man for man on the pitch we were beaten and. Yeah, I suppose probably you, you can't you, you, you can't say England were lucky. That's no, that's the thing. Absolutely, well, and I mean that, that's why when we speak about the offside yeah, decision, yeah. yes, it was hit or miss, but as a, as a whole of the game, England. Yeah. For by, by far the superior team on the day, so yeah. um, it's it's interesting to see going forward how but bo- how both teams react. But really, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, I do think England will win. Um, yeah. I'm more hopeful rather than expecting that England can score four tries again. Uh, it, mind you, if you'd offered me nine points from these first two games, we'd have absolutely snapped yeah. your hand off. So um, I think England will win. I think France will cause problems. France should have won at Twickenham two years ago. Mm. I, I was at that game, and England were quite fortunate to get over the line that day. Um, I think it was Ben Teo came from the bench mm. and uh, scored a try quite near the end that won the game for England. So France often raised their game coming to Twickenham, and uh, we're expecting a lot over, actually. I think there's quite a lot of French supporters coming over. So... Um, They'll bring the colour and the noise. I would have thought to what will what will be what will be a great weekend of rugby. Um, so, so we'll we'll go through again uh, your your three predictions for the weekend. Well, yes, England, uh, England, Wales, and Ireland. You're going England, Wales, England, Ireland. Wales, and Ireland, and I will go England, Wales, Scotland. Just just to be different. I'm, I'm a very nervous. I'm a very nervous Irish fan at the minute. Though. I bet you will. I bet you will. So uh, so that is us for this weekend. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, We will be back for our review of the second weekend next week.